0: There is this one verse we could not complete. Uh, we were supposed to do it in the last class. So let us see it also. It is also very important. Krishna is describing the consciousness of uh, a perfect yogi. How does he perceive the world? What is his vision? So the last verse goes like this. Atma sarvatra sammam pashyati yorjuna Sukham vāyadi vādukham sayogi paramo mataha Translation He is a perfect yogi who by comparison to his own self sees the true equality of all beings both in their happiness and distress O Arjuna Śrīla Prabhupāda is explaining One who is Krishna conscious is a perfect yogi he is aware of everyone's happiness and distress by dint of his own personal experience. The cause of distress of a living entity is forgetfulness of his relationship with God and the cause of happiness is knowing Krishna to be the supreme enjoyer of all the activities of human being. Krishna is a proprietor of all lands and planets. The perfect yogi is the sincerest friend of all living entities he knows that the living being who is conditioned by the modes of material nature is subjected to the threefold material miseries due to forgetfulness of his relationship with Krishna. Because when Krishna consciousness is happy, he tries to distribute the knowledge of Krishna everywhere. Since the perfect yogi tries to broadcast the importance of becoming Krishna conscious, he is the best philanthropist in the world and he is the dearest servitor of the Lord me In other words, a devotee of the Lord always looks to the welfare of all living entities and in this way he is factually the friend of everyone. He is the best yogi because he does not desire perfection in yoga for his personal benefit but tries for others Others also. He does not envy his fellow living entities. Here is a contrast between a pure devotee of the Lord and a yogi interested only in his personal elevation. The yogi who has withdrawn to a secluded place in order to meditate perfectly may not be as perfect as a devotee who is trying his best to turn every man toward Krishna consciousness. So here Prabhupada is explaining there are two kinds of yogis. One is a yogi who follows this procedure which Lord Krishna is describing in this chapter. He goes to a secluded place and he works for his personal elevation. That is also very good. At least he is not engaged in never satisfactory material activities. He is in knowledge. He understands regulating the senses is the aim of life. And he goes to a secluded place. That is good. But he is not as good as a yogi who, so this is also very important shloka, who is a perfect yogi. A perfect yogi does not mean, generally people think yogi means they are self-interested. They have left the whole world and they want to advance. Yes, uh, some yogis who are not very advanced, they are definitely self-interested in their own advancement. However, Lord Krishna here describes in this shloka So all those who are willing to become yogi, who want to identify a yogi, can understand from this shloka what is the consciousness of perfect yogi, who by comparison to his own self, Atma sarvatra, opamena means by comparison so he understands how without this practice of yoga i was suffering so much so he also can feel the suffering of all other living entities and thus Prabhupada very beautifully describes the last line devotee who is trying to trying his best to turn every man toward krishna consciousness so yogi who has withdrawn to a secluded place may not be as perfect as a devotee who is trying his best to turn every man toward Krishna consciousness. So if you want to become perfect yogi, it is very, very important to feel sympathy with other living entities and also help them to advance in this process of yoga. A person who is only self-interested, he needs to still advance further in his process of yoga and then feel the pain of all the living entities. Next shloka. Arjuna uvacha yoyam yoga stvaya samyena madhusudana etasyaham napashyami chanchalatvastitim sthiram. So the beginning of this chapter, it captures the essence of entire yoga system. And the essence of entire yoga system is to control the mind. Yoga Indriya Sanyamya. And we discussed how people uh, in America, people are very fond of doing yoga. Thousands of yoga societies are there and patents are there, but they want to do yoga in order to enjoy life better. And just like today's topic is mind control. So uh, we got... uh, the feedback that many people are interested in controlling the mind, yes. So, people are interested in controlling the breath, people are interested in controlling the postures, body, and mind so that they can enjoy the senses very, very nicely. But actually, they are defeating the purpose of yoga. The purpose of yoga is to control the senses. And mind is the most important of the six senses. In our education, we have knowledge only of five knowledge-acquiring senses. But in Bhagavad Gita, it is mentioned, mana indriyani prakriti sthani karshati. Mana indriyani shastha indriya. There are six senses. Mind is called the sixth sense. Through mind, we control all other, all other senses. So the purpose of entire yoga system is to control the mind. Why mind control is required? So that you can become peaceful. No, peace is not the process of yoga. As we saw in the previous verses, if you have read the purport, yoga is meant for sukham atyantikam yadat grahyam atindriyam to enjoy a happiness, atyantikam to enjoy extreme happiness. People are so much harassed, they just want relief. Just like when Britishers were there, all the slogans were freedom, freedom, freedom. But freedom alone is not sufficient to give us happiness a person is being beaten in the jail left and right for him freedom is uh, the slogan but there are so many people who are not in the jail are they all happy no they are not happy so in a similar fashion those people who are under great harassment of material nature they just want to control mind oh please give me peace my mind is giving me so much harassment but actually peace also does not satisfy us That is why when people go for retreats, three days, four days, ten days, they would not talk anything, would not indulge in sense, enjoyment and all these things. So mind becomes peaceful, but then they are again dissatisfied. They cannot tolerate that peace much. They come back and again start indulging in the activities of pleasing the senses. And the sensual activities are always disturbing. So again, they go back in order to have control of mind, peaceful mind. They live in the mountains, the ashramas. And then uh, no enjoyment, no communication, no television, no Android, no YouTube, no videos, eating just very simple food without salt and this thing. And then they try to control, have a peaceful mind. Mind definitely becomes peaceful, that is why they go there. But then, why, sir, do you come back? If that thing is so nice, live entire life there, no? Continue. So, thus, peace will not satisfy us. And since enjoyment, anyway, it is harassment krishna has told in the bhagavad-gita so all of us who are very new in the session who are willing to control the mind please understand controlling the mind so that i can enjoy very very nicely it is told ardhu kukuti what is ardhu kukuti kukuti means hen so we had read the story in our schools also so one person had a hen and uh, obviously why do people keep hen so that they can have eggs So hen was giving nice eggs and he was very glad. Oh, this is hen is so good. It gives me so many eggs. But then there is uh, some fault in one portion of the hen. The back part is very good. It is giving me eggs. But this front portion is not good. The mouth, because I have to feed and spend so much in feeding, taking care of this front portion. So let me remove this front portion, the head, which consumes so much of my money and needs maintenance. Let me just keep the back portion, which is giving me eggs. So is it possible? No. So this is called Ardh half-hand logic. So half-hand logic is that I want to remain in this material world and I want great pleasure, great enjoyment also in my life. So that is not possible. You want to remain in this material world and you want uh, peacefulness also, that is not possible. So that is the nature of this place. Prahlad Maharaj very beautifully describes in Srimad Bhagavatam 7th Canto. Sada asad grahat. Everyone is constantly agitated here. Mind is always agitated, disturbed. And then when the mind is agitated, we think, okay, let me attain this position. Let me attain this platform. And that will give me relief from the agitation of mind. We all have experienced this, right? Always we are thinking, okay, this position, this position, if I reach, that will remove the agitation of my mind. I'll be more happy and peaceful. But then when we reach that position, we realize the agitation is actually more, it has increased all the more. And then we think, oh, let me go there, that position now. And then the agitation increases even more In this mind is always agitated. So this agitated mind If we follow simply the dictates of the mind, it is going to get more and more agitated. Sada samudvigneshu dhyam asad grahat. So all this agitation of mind is because of ignorance of the reality of life. So what is that reality? It is very beautifully described by Jad Bharat to Maharaj Rahugan. Who is Jad Bharat? Who is Rahugan? So this place where we are uh, living this planet was called Bharatvarsha. Now it has become just a small country because many factions they claim their independence, and now they are known by different names. But earlier, this entire planet was called Bharatvarsha. So there was a ruler of this Bharatvarsha. His name was Maharaj Bharat. That is why you must be wondering why this name Bharatvarsha is there, why the name Washington DC. is there because George Washington was a personality. The places are named many times after great personalities. Similarly, this place was called Bharat Varsha because of Maharaj Bharat. Maharaj Bharat was ruling the entire planet, such a powerful king. And Maharaj Bharat was so advanced in knowledge that he gave up the entire kingdom. Can you imagine? People are not willing to retire from job in 60 years, 70 years till their deathbed they wish to continue. But then Maharaj Bharat renounced everything at the age of 24 years. 24 years, just imagine. So much entire world to enjoy. There is no competitor. But then he left uh, to perfect his spiritual life. To control his mind and senses. And when he was practicing in similar fashion, control of mind and senses, he was almost perfect in his spiritual life and then unfortunately he developed some attachment for a deer cub and uh, because of that attachment maharaj bharat could not finish his spiritual life and he also became deer in the next life yam yam bhavam tyajat ante kalevaram this is a great secret which determines our next birth which people are highly unaware of And that is yam yam vapi smaran bhavam. Whatever our remembrances at the time of death, we will attain next body of similar nature. Now people are very fond of keeping dogs because families are not there in Western countries. Especially they make their children independent after 13, 14 years, and uh, there is hardly any connection. So people live alone. They keep dogs, and all their attachment is directed towards a dog. And invariably they have to become dog if we have. They have died thinking of dog at the time of death. So we should be very, very careful what is our object of attachment. That is why Vedic culture means practice detachment. After 50 years, you go. Go to jungle. pancha Don't remain attached. So human life is meant to come out of this. Sada samud vegneshu dhyam asad because we have accepted this temporary body, soul is eternal. So soul wants eternal position, eternal happiness, no disturbance. But this body is temporary. Asat, asat means temporary. So asat grihat, we have accepted, we are permanent, but we accepted something temporary. Just like I am permanent, I'll continue to live. But if I accept something which is temporary, I accept a temporary job. Anytime I can be kicked out, then I'm always in anxiety or anytime boss can kick me out. Or I am living in a temporary place, then I am again in anxiety. That is why people want to have their own house. We want permanence. So because we are permanent, but the body is temporary, we are always disturbed. So when a person is completely detached from everything of this place, then only he can attain a position in which there won't be any this temporary acceptance of temporary bodies. So Bharat Maharaj got accepted. Uh, got attracted towards a deer and thus he became a deer in the next life and then he was aware he was advanced spiritualist he could remember his past births so in the next life he took birth, birth as Jad Bharat, uh, means mad Bharat. he was knowing previous two births what had happened and i became attached now i don't want to attach myself to anything in this material world so if anybody is very intelligent anybody is uh Uh, strong stout rich people get attracted so you told in this life now i don't want to be rich i don't want to prove myself very intelligent although he was the most intelligent person so he started behaving like a madman so that nobody appreciates me nobody gets attracted towards me jad bharat jad means dull dumb fellow so this uh, jad bharat dumb fellow he was uh, behaving like a dumb so that he can just focus on lotus feet of krishna and uh, not miss the chance of making his spiritual life perfect so when he was living in this way totally dependent upon krishna whatever food krishna would send he would take whatever task krishna would engage he would do and uh, uh, once it so happened the king was going and he wanted a man Uh, there are four men required to carry the paling pin of the king one person was missing so he wanted a stout man strong man to carry so they got him he was strong in physique And Jad Bharat came, he started carrying the king on the palanquin. And because a pure devotee is always, as we saw in the previous verse, he understands the distress of other living entities by dint of his personal experience. He understands, if somebody steps upon me, I feel a lot of pain. So I should not step upon other living entities. I don't want to be killed. Other living entities similarly don't wish to be killed. So, so many ants were there when he was carrying the king. And pure devotee is very, very compassionate. So he was limping so that he may not trample upon some of the ants and insects. So the king became very angry. Oh, you you foolish fellow. You do not know I am king. You don't know how to carry the palanquin. And then he spoke something that uh, you servant, you should know how to take care of the king. And then Jad Bharat, out of his mercy, he spoke a stream of beautiful shlokas, which you can find in Srimad Bhagavatam. And then uh, Jad Bharat, he revealed a very nice shloka to the king, Maharaj Rahugan. And uh, this shloka is there in the fifth canto of Bhagavatam, 11th canto, verse number 16. Jadbhara says, very nice shloka it is. Nayavad etan mana lingam Sansar tapa avapanam janasya Yachoka moha mayarag lobha Bandham vidhatte, means the soul's designation the mind is the cause of all tribulations in the material world as long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned living entity he has to accept the miserable condition of the material body and wander within this universe in different positions because the mind is affected by disease lamentation illusion attachment greed and enmity it creates bondage and a false sense of intimacy within this material world so problem problem, so many problems are there we think financial problem is there the government is not good the weather is not good administration should improve bureaucracy should improve judiciary should improve legislature should improve and uh, education system should improve the road should improve and so much improvement we want and we think these are the sources of my problems but here a very very beautiful thing is being revealed by a self-realized personality who is free from the laws of nature and what is he telling he's telling the real cause of distress is the soul's designation the mind is the cause of all tribulations in the material world so similar shloka is spoken by many many self-realized souls you'll find this in bhagavatam so you should finish quickly bhagavad-gita and then move on to bhagavatam so bhagavatam is the postgraduate study where bhagavad-gita ends bhagavatam begins so everywhere they are telling not this not that not some people not enemies not uh, the external conditions But this mind is the cause of all happiness, not the three modes, nothing, simply this mind. So the way you train your mind will define your happiness and distress. So the source designation, the mind is the cause of all tribulations in in the material world, not few tribulations. Here it is mentioned, mind is the cause of all tribulations in the material world. So all the problems that are happening in this world, that is only because of mind. And as long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned living entity, as long as we do not know that the problems are not outside, but the problem is here. As long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned living entity, he has to accept the miserable condition of the material body and wander within this universe in different positions. Now, this is a great hallucination in which all of us are in and we do not realize. What is this hallucination? And... Fortunately, now we have modern science with the help of these scientific discoveries and gadgets and technology, we can very well realize the situation of soul as different from body. So one of our devotees, he made me wear a VR headset. You have it, you know. And then uh, it was my first experience uh, a couple of years ago. And then uh, once you wear it on your head and you feel like you're standing in a different place, left, right, top and bottom, and you are perfectly seeing. It is not that you are not seeing. But what you are seeing is not reality. It is virtual reality. It appears like reality. You can look look at the top. You will be seeing very clear sky all and very bright sky, clouds above, although it could be very, very dark actually in reality. You see left, you find some people and talking to you, standing next to you. You see right, you find a tree. You find many small uh, hens and pigeons around you. So this is called virtual reality. When you are wearing that, you can see everything in all directions, but you cannot see yourself. You cannot see your hands, your legs. You cannot see the reality in which you are situated. Similarly, this is just a small machine which just fits upon the eyes. Krishna is telling in Bhagavad Gita, Yantra Rudhani Mayaya, Paralad Maharaj is telling Sada dhyam asad grahat. we have accepted this machine temporary machine upon ourselves Yantra it is a machine so it just doesn't fit upon the eyes but fits upon all the senses of the soul the soul has got eyes but now the soul is seeing through these eyes when this camera doesn't work we cannot see so that is why people go for eye replacement a different fit camera I want So the soul's senses are covered now by this dress. And just like somebody covers your tongue with a tape and then gives you night sweet, please enjoy nice gulab jamun. Shall we be able to enjoy? No, because the tongue has been rolled in a tape. In a similar fashion, because the soul has been rolled with this gross body, this pus, mucus, bones, blood, these substances, the soul cannot enjoy actually spiritual substance. So, that is why we have to come out of this body or spiritualize this body in order to relish that pleasure for which we are hankering. Sukham atyantikam yattad buddhi grayam ati indriyam ati indriya that cannot be enjoyed with these senses uh, of this machine that we have got, this body which we have got. So, this is called self realization removing this VR headset, removing this VR body which creates a virtual reality. We are seeing everywhere. We are seeing, oh, I am sitting in a nice place. This is India. This is Bombay, like that. But this is illusion. Because of this body, we are perceiving this world in a certain way. I am different from the body. I cannot see myself. And if a person's mind is uncontrolled, matirna krishna parato satova mito bipadyeta graha vratanam Adantu vishatam tamishram punaf punas charvananam. So if a person is very much attached, just like if a person is very much attached to virtual reality, he can never enter real reality. He will not be able to cook real food for himself, will not be able to eat this thing. He will be absorbed in different vision and will continue his suffering. In a similar fashion, we will not be able to elevate ourselves to real life as long as we are attached to this virtual reality. So all the problems, all the distress is happening only because of this mind which traps us, which keeps us attracted to this virtual reality. And thus, a person is apashyatam atvatatmam graheshu grahamedhinam. A person who has taken a vow, I will remain very much attached to this place of my dwelling. Such a person, apashyatam atvatatmam. Apashyatam cannot see atmatatwa, his self identity his real position such a person cannot see so that is why this great thing is being revealed there are no problems here all the problems are because of this mind which makes you identify yourself that is why soul designation is called the mind this is another very important line in this verse the mind puts designation upon the soul oh you are indian you are man You are woman, you are bird, you are dog. In this way, because the mind creates certain designations. And then if the mind makes you believe you are India and Indian team wins, you think, oh, yes, I have won. I'm victorious. If Indian team suffers, then you cry. So just like you are identifying yourself with a country, you identify yourself with family. Something happens to any family member. We come in great stress. Sometimes people get shocked. They get paralysis also. Why? Because of identification. Actually, there is no family. So this is only identification. The mind makes you believe that you are this machine and connected machines, they belong to me. Similarly, if money is lost, people get shocked. Oh my God, money is lost because you think it is your money. So you are this body and this machine, uh, this this body which is producing some money, you think that money belongs to you. So you get shocked when you lose the money. So all the problems are simply because of this mind, mind creates designations and then mind tells, Oh, you are this body. So when the body is having disease, I suffer from that disease. So it is not because of the transformations of the body. That is when Bhagavad, it is such a nice, every shloka is so powerful. We'll see many more such shlokas. So, uh, after a few chapters, Lord Krishna tells another thing that the changes of this world, they happen because of material nature. So definitely when uh, something has changed in the body, when the body has got some disease, but then thinking this disease is cause of my distress is illusion. It is wrong. So Lord Krishna tells the changes happen because of material nature. Body will grow old. Body will get diseases. People around us will die. They will take birth. We will take wealth. We will lose wealth. We will have fame. We will lose fame. All these things happen under the control of material nature, but happiness and distress happens because of the living entity. It is because of us. We don't choose to train our mind and the mind uncontrolled mind. It always keeps us under some designation. Very simple example. We think I am Indian. Indian team wins. I am happy. Indian team loses. I am sad. Sometimes we break television also. Some people get heart attack also in World Cup finals. So just see so much strong identification is there. So that is why there is no cause of lamentation. Nothing belongs to us. That is why one of the quality of the yogi is non-possessiveness. I don't possess anything. This body is also not mine. The people are not mine. The place is not mine. The nation, the planet, nothing belongs to me. I am identifying myself with this place because of this uncontrolled, untrained mind. This is the cause of all distress of the living entity. So just see how wonderful, fantastic these shlokas are. The soul's designation, the mind, the designation. The mind is the cause of all tribulations in the material world. All tribulations are because of mind. As long as this fact is unknown to the conditioned living entity, which factually most of the people do not know, they will not pick up and read the scriptures. So as long as we do not know that this mind, this mind is a cause of distress, what will happen? It will wander within this universe in different positions. We'll keep on accepting more miserable bodies. Today in the morning, we were taking a walk together. One more devotee was there. And we saw some sparrows were enjoying nicely in their family or social circle, whatever they have. And then suddenly a dog came, pounced upon one of the sparrows and took it to one corner to get killed. And other sparrows are shouting, crying, but then poor sparrow is captured by the dog. So other species are much more horrible. Any moment death can happen. So if we do not know that this mind is cause of all the tribulations, I try to fix the external things or let me have a few good marks. Let me have a little more money. Let me have some wonderful people around me. Let me have a secure house and place and bank balance. If we think by this i'll become happy this will not become happy we'll keep on transmigrating to different species and then what happens because the mind is affected by then when the mind is uh, when we are ignorant of this position of mind mind is affected by disease lamentation illusion attachment greed enmity it creates bondage and false sense of intimacy mamata, with this material world. So that is why it is very, very important to control the mind. And is it a cakewalk to control the mind? Is it some tonic I can go and purchase in some shop and thus I will be able to control the mind? No, it is not so easy. It is very, very difficult. That is what here Lord Arjuna is telling Arjuna said. Yoyam Yoga stvaya, prokta Samyena Madhusudana. Oh Madusudan, the system of yoga which you have summarized appears impractical and unendurable to me, for the mind is restless and unsteady. So Krishna is telling you should not see anything, should not talk, should not do anything, so should not walk. And pull the mind inside and stare at the tip of the nose and keep mind focused on the super soul within the heart. And uh, go to a secluded place and all these things. So Arjuna tells it is impractical for me, it is unendurable to me, for the mind is restless and unsteady. Chanchalam hi mana Krishna, pramati tasya tasyaham nigraham vayo rivasudushkaram. <clears throat> Chanchalam, for the mind is restless, turbulent, obstinate, and very strong, O Krishna. And to subdue it is, it seems to me, more difficult than controlling the wind. Tasyaham nigraham manye, subduing the mind, manye. I think vyoriva sudushkaram, just like a strong wind, hurricane is there. Can you stop it by any means? No, it is not possible. In a similar fashion, vyoriva, like a strong wind, mind is difficult to control. So mind is restless. Mind is turbulent, obstinate, and it is very strong. And to subdue it, I cannot. And just imagine what is the position of Arjuna? His mind and senses were so much under control. 5,000 years ago when situation were very, very peaceful. There is no working hard in office every moment getting late. There is no rigorous competition in the education system where there is so much anxiety for the weekly exams. There is not so much loud traffic and all such noises outside. It was very, very peaceful. There was no co-education system. Gurukul, completely he can control his senses very, very nicely. But Arjuna is expressing 5000 years ago when people were very peaceful, much more peaceful. That mind is restless, turbulent, obstinate, very strong. And I cannot subdue it. This method is very tough. So controlling mind needs some process and that process itself is sort of arjuna is rejecting so just imagine just to control the mind people who take so much of hardship they would go to the jungle for thousands of years keep on sitting just to control the mind so arjuna is telling no krishna not possible Uh, uh, i won't be able to do so so what does Lord Krishna recommend when Arjuna expresses such inability? Lord Krishna told, Sri Bhagavan Vacha, asanshayam Mahabaho, Mano Nigraham Chalam, Abhyasena Tu Kaunteya, Vairagena Chagrihyate. Sri Bhagavan Vacha, the blessed Lord said, O mighty armed son of Kunti, It is undoubtedly very difficult to curb the restless mind, but it is possible by constant practice and by detachment. So Sri Prabhupada explains the difficulty of controlling the obstinate mind as expressed by Arjuna is accepted by the personality of Godhead. But at the same time, he suggests that by practice and detachment, it is possible. So, Lord Krishna is accepted. Lord Krishna is not telling. If somebody is telling uh, that mind is uh, your friend, mind can be controlled easily, then that is not fact. Because the manufacturer of mind, Lord Krishna himself, is telling uh, it is fact. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha Asanshayam. Asanshayam means undoubtedly, Mahabaho, oh, mightily armed one. Arjuna is called mighty armed he is very very strong so you are very strong arjuna but you are right that you cannot control the mind which is much more stronger asanshyam undoubtedly it is very difficult to curb the restless mind but lord krishna is telling it is not impossible it is possible and how it is possible so lord krishna is suggesting two ways it is possible by one constant practice and second detachment so please note every word very, very carefully. So not just practice, the word which is used here is constant practice. We have to practice constantly and we have to have detachment also. So what is this detachment? Srila Prabhupada gives a very striking example from the real world. So Prabhupada asked the disciples, do you know how they tame the lion? lion is such a mighty animal ferocious animal can kill immediately and when ringmaster is there the lion is dancing on the tunes so how do they control the lion the lion is uh, put in the cage and uh, then the lion is kept starving for a long time and when the lion is starving it becomes very very weak cannot even stand properly so the ringmaster goes inside and uh, now he has whip in his hand and with that whip he beats the lion and the lion is uh, very much scared, oh my god this man will come now and then he uh, is given little food also by the ringmaster so then he thinks oh this man is my god if he wants he can kill me, he can beat me or he can feed me, I can survive I am dependent completely upon him so in this way by starving the lion such a mighty animal is also brought under control so that is why Varagyeh abhyase na tu konteya chagriya te. vairagya or renunciation is very very important for controlling the mind so uh, that is why we have got four regulative principles no meat eating no intoxication no gambling no illicit sex so these things are very very important to follow this is called this is the beginning of vairagya and uh, we all are very fond of immediately fulfilling the desires of uh, uh, the senses so anything is there food is already there in our home we can have it but then i want many many varieties so that is why all these restaurants are thriving now so these restaurants were unheard of that is when uh, a very surprising thing is mentioned in the vedas which was surprising at that time He's telling, you know, what will happen in Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, food will be sold on the streets. So it is very shocking thing. Food will be sold. It is just like somebody told you that air would be sold. You know, after 20 years, you have to purchase air. And my God, we have to purchase air. So it was like that. Nobody would uh, can imagine just like water we are purchasing now. Purchasing water also was unimaginable. Water is available everywhere. Portable water. Who would pay for water? And similarly, food was there available in the house and everywhere in temples. There is no concept of food being sold in the shops, restaurants. But that is mentioned in Kali Yuga. This is going to happen. And that is also causing great calamity, making the mind more loose and implicated, such things. And uh, there is food available in the shop. There is food available in packets. We are very fond of keeping, you know you open anybody's cupboard you'll find some biscuits some sweets and all these things even devotees are fond of it so you should not do it don't keep anything just eat freshly cooked food and then at fixed time you take don't keep this backup and all like that this is called control of tongue otherwise whenever my tongue wants i have some biscuits in my this thing i will take out and eat so this is not a very good idea i'm keeping something whenever i wish i would eat this is uh, uh not controlling the senses so that is why among all the senses which we have to control, practice detachment, the topmost is, the most formidable is this tongue. Jive phale visha tara madhya jivhati, lobha So the living entity is lost in the ocean of sense objects. And the senses are very, very powerful. Among them, the most powerful, most formidable is the tongue. So first of all, we have to control the tongue. The secret is being revealed by the acharyas. If somebody can control the tongue, he can control all other senses nicely. So how to control tongue? Taste only Krishna prasadam. You will read the purport. Please do read it in this Prabhupada is mentioning. What practice we have to do? The simple practice. So uh, take as much as prasadam as possible and then gradually come to a stage where you are eating only Krishna prasadam and nothing else apart from prasadam. And that prasadam also should be taken, not as much as you want. Yes, initially when you are, we cannot control your tongue, you will anyway happen to eat outside. So eat till neck in the beginning so that there is no temptation to eat outside. But as we advance, we should try to have regulated prasadam. At regulated times also Prabhupada mentions, not that now I will store prasadam and eat whenever I want. No, that is also not good eat prasadam in regulated quantities at regulated times this is called controlling the tongue so controlling the tongue uh, taste and talking Vacho vegam we are very fond of talking so much so just evaluate is this thing necessary for me to talk whether some spiritual advancement is coming out of it then we should talk otherwise we should choose to uh, just keep on chanting always Hare krishna mantra once you chant Hare krishna the spiritual advancement that you have made, nobody can steal from you. That Lord Krishna is going to speak now to Arjuna. We will see in further classes. Lord Krishna tells, there is no loss or diminution in this attempt. Once if you have chanted Hare Krishna, there is no diminution. Nobody can take away those credits. So we should be very, very greedy. Or oh, simply by taking the name of Krishna, I make permanent spiritual advancement. I cannot retreat from that position. So it is so nice. Let me be greedy, have more and more spiritual credits. And when those credits reach a certain situation, just like we have bank balance, there is spiritual realization. So that is why why waste time in such talks. If I am wasting time, not only I am losing that time for chanting the names of Krishna or preaching Krishna consciousness, but I am letting loose this tongue, making it more and more powerful. The more you enjoy the senses, the more they become powerful. So that is why one should know how to starve the senses. You know what is starving? When we are Vekadashi fasting. So uh, after some time, we may feel uh, starved, emaciated. So in that way, we have to starve the senses. The senses will bite. I want this. I want this. Eyes will tell. I want to see this. Tongue will tell. I want to taste it. And you have to disobey. You don't have to satisfy. Starve the senses. When you starve the senses, then the senses will come under control. The more you feed the senses, the more loose they become. The more formidable they become, the more difficult it is to control them. That is why Lord Krishna tells, Tasmad indriyani In the beginning you control. So Chanakya Pandit says, enemy, fire and senses, you should control in the beginning. In the beginning, if you neglected your enemy, you neglect fire, it will bring down your entire house, building. You cannot stop it later, fire. It destroys entire village or anything, entire jungle. But in the beginning, when it is a spark, you can control. Similarly, senses, it can destroy a person completely. And we see so many things, how they happen. Great celebrities, powerful people, because of not being able to control the senses. They lose all their wealth, their position, their health and everything. So in the beginning, senses, fire and enemy should be curbed in the beginning. So in the beginning itself, just be very, very, very strict. You cannot be little strict with it. Prabhupada gives another example. If you give little that I will tell some other time. If you give little scope to Maya, to the senses, they will completely topple you from your seat. So either you don't give at all, then your train will go on nicely. If you give little scope, okay, let me do little. Let me give little freedom, then finished. Don't give even little freedom. Shukdev Goswami tells, I have heard from authorities, one should never make friends with the mind. Mind should always be treated like mind should be beaten with shoes, Bhaktisadan Maharaj says. So this is the solution which is given in the scriptures. So mind, uh, just like uh, you always keep on chastising somebody. Uh, in a similar fashion, that is a regular way the people were Uh, how the slaves they are being treated so mind should be kept just like a slave one should never make sometimes the slaves serving serving they become very close and have a friendship with the master no never let the mind become your friend (speaking) anytime mind can cheat always keep the mind in the position of a slave always keep on chastising chastising if the mind tells you to do this thing you tell now i will not do it do it after some time just so that you can chastise the mind so keep on neglecting, upeksha Upeksha, upeksha neglect. So this is one solution by which we can control the mind. Try to turn away the suggestions of the mind. Don't listen to the mind. So in this way, mind can be brought under control. That is called Vairagya, renunciation. And another thing is called practice. Which practice Lord Krishna is talking here? So the solution is also given by Jad Bharat Maharaj. Very simple solution which we all can apply in our life. Tad upekshaya gurur this uncontrolled mind is the greatest enemy of the living entity. If one neglects it or gives it a chance, it will grow more and more powerful and become victorious even neglects it or gives it a chance, little chance I've given to my mind, it will grow more and more powerful and it will become victorious. So the spiritual life is declaration of war. War against whom? Entire material energy. And the most important formidable enemy when we declare this war will be our mind. This mind becomes enemy of a spiritualist. So first of all, a person has to control this enemy it has to weaken this enemy. So once he has controlled the mind, then the battle is already won. So this mind is the leader of Maya's forces. So that is why many times spiritual life, the simile is given is that of a war. So here in the same spirit, Jad Bharat is telling to Rahugan this uncontrolled minus enemy in a war. There is enemy and there are many, many enemies, but this one enemy who is greatest So this uncontrolled mind is the greatest enemy of the living entity. We have to defeat many, many enemies, but uncontrolled mind is greatest. If one neglects it or gives it a chance, now the greatest enemy one cannot neglect, one cannot give chance. It will grow more and more powerful and will become victorious. You lose the battle. Although it is not factual, it is very strong. Mind is not a person, but it behaves like a person, very strong. It tries to control you. It covers the constitutional position of the soul. Now the solution is given. O king, please try to conquer this mind by Gurur Hares Charanopasanasthro Jahi Vyalikam Swayamatmu Mosham by the weapon of Astraha, means weapon Charanopasana. Gurur Hares Charanopasana. Please try to conquer this mind by the weapon of service to the lotus feet of the spiritual master and of the supreme personality of Godhead. Do this with great care. So this is very important. So first thing is uh, neglect. Keep on neglecting whatever mind suggests. We have to practice it. Sometimes we think, oh, let me simply chant Hare Krishna and one day automatically mind will come under control. So... uh, You have to control it. You have to put endeavor automatically can happen after millions of lives. But you have to put positive endeavor. You have to practice in this direction. And then you chant Hare Krishna, beg Krishna's blessings, engage in his seva. And then Krishna will bless us to control the mind. So we have to put endeavor automatically. It is not going to happen. So that is why we are chanting, but we never practice to control the mind. We never practiced attentive, offenseless chanting then our chanting also will stop. Offenses will increase. Pride will increase. All other weeds will increase in the heart. So we have to practice. So if we are not practiced 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years, we can keep on doing sadhana. We can be very particular. Some devotees are very, very particular in sadhana, 100 out of 100%, but much advancement is not there because they did not practice control of the mind. They are finishing their 16 rounds early in the morning, Brahm murta, continuously two hours chanting finish. And every day they are there for sadhana. But because they are not able to hear attentively, they are not able to control the mind, hear each and every word, meditate upon the meaning. This practice did not happen. So that is why much advancement is not shown. The situation remains almost the same. So we have to practice. Without practice, that is why Krishna is also telling here. Krishna is not telling, yes, Arjuna, automatically it will happen. Krishna is telling, no, abhyasa. Abhyas means practice. The same word is being used in the 12th chapter also. First of all, Krishna tells, always, mai adasvai, mai always keep on thinking about me, remain absorbed in me. But, samadhatum na if this is not possible, abhyasa yogena tato. Abhyas, you practice. So, this practice is important. Just like we practice, we train our muscles and then we become heavy lifters. In a similar fashion, we have to train Upeksha rejecting the suggestions of mind. Then we can reject strong suggestions of doing illicit sex, of uh, other unwarranted desires. Otherwise, uh, if we are not practiced, we allow the suggestions of mind. We cannot control other strong forces which arise in the body. So there's one solution, Upeksha, practice neglect, saying no. So try to say many times no to the mind. Either don't do it or do it later. What the mind is suggesting, if that is important, try to turn down the suggestions and try to chart. That is why discipline. uh, Discipline your day very, very nicely. This sadhana bhakti is one kind of disciplining. This time is dedicated for this activity. I will not do anything else. So this uh, sadhana, tapasya, it helps us to regulate the mind. I will not eat anything on Ekadashi. Mind will tell, eat, eat. What is the harm? No, eat, no. You tell, no, I will not take anything. This is called taming the mind, upeksha neglecting the mind so there's one solution second solution is dhamma dhamma means control the senses when you starve the senses control the senses dhamma shama shama means mind control so shama will automatically follow dhamma you control the senses you starve the senses and then automatically mind also will come under control and starving senses begins with starving of tongue and we don't have to starve fortunately because we are in krishna consciousness Ashtanga yogi has to starve. We simply have to engage in positive activity. So much urge is there to talk, talk about Krishna, preach Krishna consciousness, talk the names of Krishna, chant the names of Krishna. And there is urge to eat, offer to Krishna, and then you honor that prasadam. So in this way, the tongue can be brought under control. The starvation, material starvation automatically happens. So practice this Upeksha, starvation of senses, and the third thing, which is most powerful, which is described in Bhagavad Gita, which is described here also is Guru Charano Charanopasana Astro. So Guru Hares Charan Upasana. We have to worship the lotus feet of two personalities, Guru and Hari. Yathse Deve para yatha Deve tatha Guru. This is very important. So a person who has learned this art of worshiping Guru and Krishna both. Guru Hares Charanopasana Astraha. This is a weapon by which you can kill your strongest enemy in this war, this uncontrolled mind. Jahi. Jahi means you declare victory. You defeat this greatest enemy by worshipping the lotus feet of Guru and Hari. So worshipping the lotus feet means literal worship, also, deity worship that we do. Vande Guru Sri Charanaravendam. Every day we do in the morning. Guru Puja. And uh, more importantly it means along with that carrying out their instructions so krishna has given these instructions in the bhagavad-gita spiritual master tells some instructions to serve krishna so if you follow those instructions simply if we follow this is very easy method we have to understand the intention, the direction of Guru and simply carry out the orders of Guru. Guru tells you mop the floor, mop the floor very, very nicely. Guru tells you eat this, you eat that thing only. Guru tells don't eat that, you don't eat that. Guru tells go there, you go there. Guru tells stop, you stop there. Simply by following the instructions of Guru as it is, that is also called Charanopasana as per the scriptures. So very strictly following the guidance of Guru, very simple, automatically entire mind will come under control. So, just discover through uh, the devotees who are implementing the Guru's instructions very nicely. Implement those instructions and worship Krishna as per those instructions. Always keep the lotus feet of Krishna in the heart. And somehow or the other, So, by following the instructions of Guru and Krishna, the most important instruction, the crux of all instruction is, always remember krishna and never forget krishna Man this is the instruction of guru and krishna so somehow or the other it is mentioned if we are always able to fix our mind in the lotus feet of krishna then automatically mind will come under control because mind is looking for this thing only lotus feet of krishna and we do not know that so by little practice initially mind will not uh, like but then you focus the mind on the lotus feet And then gradually you will see when the lotus feet are impressed in the mind, automatically mind becomes very, very pacified and all the senses also are controlled very, very easily. So definitely it is formidable, but it is possible by constant practice and detachment. Detachment is starving the senses. Detachment is neglecting the instructions of mind. Practice is worshipping the lotus feet of Guru and Krishna, strictly following their instructions and always keep the lotus feet of Krishna within the heart. Then Krishna controls our mind. But we have to practice it. And what is the proof? The proof is the great example of all the devotees who are falling now Krishna consciousness. So all of us were having loose senses, but by Hare Guru, Charano, Pasana, Astraha, the devotees have been able to have a very simple life and restrained life. So the proof is there, the proof is there of Parishit Maharaj, who got disturbed simply because one sage did not offer him respect, he was disturbed by hunger and thirst in the jungle. But when we started hearing Bhagavatam worshipping the lotus feet of Shukadeva Goswami, he was without any disturbance. He was sitting there for a week without drinking, without eating, without moving. So he got complete victory over all such disturbances. The proof is the prostitute and the prostitute started chanting 24 hours, started living in a cottage, immediately developed complete control over the senses by worshipping the lotus feet of Guru and Hari. So there's a time tested method, but we have to practice by practicing detachment renunciation, then it will be possible. So with this, we will end.